Man, it has been a while since I have felt like this. Felt like myself. Felt like the mark everyone has grown to love. But it took some work on my part, and I kind of want to tell you about it. I had to get some advice from a six-year-old, and I had to learn how to go get my ice cream. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Relatively Normal. I am your host, Mark Paisant. Always a pleasure to have you with me. As always, if you would like to support the show, and first of all, let me say thank you to everyone who has listened. And thank you to everyone who is new to the program. But if you like to support it, a few bucks a month or even as little as 99 cents a month please head over to anchor.fm search for relatively normal podcast or my name mark paisant hit that money button and become a paid supporter like i said for as little as 99 cents a month you really can't beat that Let us get into it because I know since last episode, a lot of people have been checking on me. A lot of people have been saying, hey, Mark, how are things going? You didn't sound so great in that last episode. And just a recap, it was an episode I recorded right before I went on a much needed vacation. Me and the wife took the family to Disney World. It was the girl's first time there. I had been working A lot of hours at work, a lot of stress, I was burnt out, I was exhausted, I wasn't doing anything to decompress, there was no me time, nothing, for about two and a half months. And I was at a low point, not gonna lie, I was at a low point, and a lot of people noticed it, a lot of people were talking to me about it, a lot of people we're trying to help, which I do appreciate. I have some of the best friends and coworkers in the world. But I had to get back to prioritizing my mental health, my physical health, my family time, time I spent with my kids, and really putting perspective back into my life. I posted a story on LinkedIn, and I kind of want to share it with those who haven't read it, but this is some of the best unsolicited, unknown advice that someone could, could give somebody. So one of the days we were in Disney World, I believe we were at... Hollywood Studios, I believe. My youngest one, my my six-year-old, who is now seven, we're actually there um, as a birthday present for her. She and I were walking together. She had just gotten her face painted, and, and earlier in the day, she had asked me for Mickey Mouse ice cream. And that was before the floodgates had opened and it had rained a lot of the afternoon. So at this time, it wasn't raining but it was a very 
dark and dreary and humid day. It wasn't that hot, but it was just, it wasn't a nice day. Like it wasn't a day that you go out and be like, hey, this is a great day to sit outside and eat ice cream. But we're walking towards one of the ice cream stands and my daughter tells me, hey daddy, I still want my ice cream. And we're holding hands and I look at her and I say, Jasmine, it is not nice outside. Why would you want ice cream on a day like today? You don't want ice cream today. It's not even hot. And she stopped and looked at me and without missing a beat, she said, Daddy, I don't care what kind of day it is. I don't care if it's sunny or not. I want ice cream. And at that moment, it kind of clicked for me. I had been doing some journaling on the trip, trying to get my mental status better, trying to get my, my, my mentality better, trying to get my head straight, getting in a better headspace. And I thought about that for a second. At no point did this child let anything affect her finding her happiness. She didn't care if it was snowing, if it was raining, if it was 100 degrees outside, if it was 30 degrees outside, if it was a blizzard, if it was a monsoon, if it was a tsunami, whatever it was, she knew that ice cream made her happy. And she wanted ice cream. And I thought about that for a second. How many times in my life, how many times in our lives do we know what our happiness is but we let external circumstances, external forces affect us getting our happiness, getting to our happiness. How many times do we use that excuse? How many times do we just say, well, today's not the day? How many times do we not apply for that job because we only have three years of experience and it says it needs five to seven how many times do we not approach that person to try to start a relationship because we think they're out of our league how many times do we let something that we are not in control of affect something that we are in control of So I thought about that all day and I went back to the hotel room and I jotted it down in my journal. And I told myself, I'm gonna take that advice. That six-year-old doesn't know how much she has helped me, but I'm gonna take that advice and I'm gonna give it out. I'm gonna let other people know. I'm gonna help others know. Because this is what I figured out. There's going to be days I'm going to be stressed at my job. There's going to be days where I'm not so stressed. There's going to be days where I'm happy. There's going to be days where I'm down. There's going to be days where I don't feel like getting out of bed. And there's going to be days where I am out of bed at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., ready to go to the gym and get my day started. But regardless of what that day brings, regardless of what that morning brings, I'm going to still find a way to get my ice cream. And of course, Jasmine was talking about literal ice cream. I'm talking about figurative ice cream. I'm talking about using 
ice cream in place of something that makes you happy. What makes you happy? Is it your time you spend with your friends? Is it time you spend doing a hobby? Is it time you spend making a podcast? Is it time you just spend alone listening to the birds and the wind, drinking a hot tea on your porch, just enjoying the sunshine, or maybe a rainfall? Does that help you protect your peace? And I'm going to get into those three words in the second half of the show. Protecting your peace. Because that is another thing that I have started to work on. To make sure that I keep myself in a good place. And that's what this whole show has been about. You know, I am getting close to 100 shows, which I believe is amazing. Um... And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'm going to do this after 100 shows. I might try something different, but I'm just going to see what that 100th show brings me. But the last month, the last three and a half weeks to a month that I've been back from vacation, I have been intentional about the work I am doing on protecting my peace and getting my ice cream. I will list right now, because before the last show, there, there was a list I made of the effects of work stress had on me mentally, physically, emotionally, um, from, from stomach aches to nervous tics and picking my beer to you know chest pain. But I'm going to list a few things that make me extremely happy. One of the things that makes me extremely happy is going for a run. Do you know, in those two and a half months where I was extremely stressed and overworked and burnt out, I think I may have run once or twice. And I used to run every day, almost every day. I used to run close to 120 miles a month. And I would tell myself, I would, if I didn't do it first thing in the morning, I would do it on my lunch break and I would set my lunch break to leave my house, go for a run and come back. And I was barely doing that. Running makes me happy. Going to the gym makes me happy. And before, the, the first, the day we left for our vacation, we left early in the morning and I wasn't going to get to work out. So I woke up at 4 a.m. And just to let you know, I recorded the podcast. I recorded that show at 11 p.m. the Sunday before. And I woke up next Monday at 4 a.m. to get to the gym and so I could get, so we could get out of the house early. So I wake up at 4, not really knowing how I'm going to feel, leave the house around 4.45, get to the gym at 5, and I start working out. And it's not too crowded. There is, a, there is a morning crowd there, but it's not too crowded. And I start just going at my own pace. And I'm like, wow, this is nice. This is really nice. I feel comfortable. I feel alive. I'm working up a sweat. 
I feel like all of the world is just draining out of me and I can, I'm just left with myself and my own thoughts. I have my headphones in and I'm listening to some good upbeat music, probably some 2000s hip hop to be honest with you. And I'm feeling really good about myself. And the third thing that makes me really happy, and I learned this on my trip, is that the time I spend with my immediate family and seeing the happiness in their faces. When the girl showed up to Disney World, it was a joy I had not seen ever on their faces. To see them in the middle of their favorite movies, of their favorite shows, to see their favorite princesses. Well, at least for my youngest year, favorite princess. My oldest is more of a, you know, Teen Titan, you know, Star Wars. You know, she likes that kind of stuff. But seeing them in this fantasy land where they could just be kids and seeing how my wife reacted to see her children, our children so happy. That's what really makes me happy. That is my ice cream. And one other thing I want to mention, and there's a few things I've noticed that, that make me happy. But one thing I want to notice is being available for other people who need my assistance. What I mean by that is I lead a team at my job. I've, I've led teams for, wow, um, ooh, I guess 10 years, depending on which, um, you know, which job you're, you're, you're thinking of or I'm thinking of. But I really like problem solving, helping others find the strength and resources to solve their own problems noticing opportunities and working to resolve them, noticing gaps and, and working to fill, like just being a team player for those who need me. That makes me extremely happy. And you know, during that time that I was overworking and not prioritizing myself, I wasn't available. I was just doing things for people. I wasn't doing anything with them. And it really took some tough conversations, not only from other people, but with myself, to notice that I could not fill my cup anymore. It was full. And I was trying to take other people's cups and put that into my cup. And that's impossible. It can't hold more than the amount it's supposed to hold. So, I really want to say thank you to everyone that's reached out. I really want to say I appreciate you. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't felt this good or this happy in a long time. Because I've been working on protecting my peace. But I almost made a huge mistake at the beginning 
of my trip. show the relative normal podcast and like i said before the break i almost made a huge mistake at the beginning of my family vacation so i mentioned and let me get comfortable in my chair here because i really want to explain this mistake and i think a lot of us make it But uh, I explained that I had been working a lot and I had been just thinking about work. And, uh, you know, I work work at a startup company and there's a lot of work to do, a lot of manual processes, a lot of moving parts, a lot of processes to make you, you get the picture. But so the Friday before I left, I worked late to try to finish some stuff up. The Saturday... Before I left, I worked a couple hours. The Sunday night, before I recorded and before I finished packing, I worked a couple hours. And as we're driving on Monday, every few hours, every stop, I'm checking my phone, checking Slack, checking emails, all the way up until the point that we check in where I get this document And I open it up and I start reading it. And it's a work document. And it's not great news. But at that point, I think my wife and my daughters had gone to the pool. And I was walking over to the pool back from changing into my swim trunks. And I'm reading my phone and walking and I stop. And I'm not going to say on this show what I said out loud to myself. But it starts with what the and ends with are you doing? And the word in the middle is not a a good word, not a nice word. But I just asked myself what the are you doing? And I stopped. And I paused all my work notifications until the end of my trip, till I got home. And I said, there is nothing I can do seven and a half hours from my house, seven and a half hours from my work computer, on vacation, better yet, There's nothing I can't do because I'm not at work and they're going to be fine without me. My company is not going to burn down because I took a vacation. Nothing is going to happen 
because Mark decided to go on vacation with his family? I was literally eight hours into my vacation and I was still working. I was still thinking about work. And my kids are at the pool having fun. My wife is there with them. And here I am thinking about work. So I said, no, not going to do it. This is not, this is, no, this is not you. This is not who you teach your team to be. You preach work-life balance. You preach mental health. You preach taking care of yourself. You preach setting boundaries. And look at yourself now. So, I have this hat that I wear as much as possible. And it has just, it has a phrase on it, and I'm going to read it out loud because I think it is very, it's, it's very fitting for right now. And all it says is protect your peace by all means. Protect your peace by all means. And I wear it almost every day because when I'm on Zoom calls, I like to look at it. Whenever I get overly anxious or overly stressed, when it's another call for the day, when I have to speak to my team, this is what protect my peace means to you because it'll mean something different to each and every one of us. But it tells me that whatever life throws at me, whatever my job, my family, whatever life throws at me, I still have the ability to respond and react in a way that protects my peace. I have made it this far. I just celebrated a birthday. I just turned 43 and I have made it this far. And I don't give myself enough credit going through everything that I've gone through. Not that, I mean, not to compare, but it's not like I was raised in poverty or had any like difficulties financially growing up, like college educated, but I've made it this far. Through all the struggles, through all the emotional instability, through all the depression, through all the anxiety, through the physical setbacks, through the surgeries, through the death of my mother, through breakups, through, you know, bills that came through that I had no idea. I made it this far. And I have never given myself credit. And I'm giving myself credit now. And I'm talking about this because I want you to give yourself credit. And I want you to notice the things that I noticed before you get to a place as bad as I was. Because I was at a dark place. I was at a dark place. I was staying up till midnight or one working and then waking up early in the morning and getting back on the computer. 
And I have no one, honestly, I have no one to blame but myself. Not that I want to blame anybody else, but again, I could have protected my peace. Another thing I want to mention right now, which I probably should have mentioned at the beginning, is that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I think it's a month that we can all really be intentional with our mental health. And again, when I talk about mental health, I'm not talking about a, you know, a, a, a disorder that someone has. I'm not talking just about depression or bipolar anxiety. I'm talking about just protecting your mental space so you produce the coping mechanisms to allow yourself to get through the day to notice when you start to get a little fidgety to notice when you start to get stressed to notice when you need a break to notice when you just need to get away from your computer put on some biggie or tupac or or whatever you listen to i don't know um and just dance at your desk just feel the music I don't know, people, you know, you listen to Adele, Mariah Carey, Beyonce, I don't know, Nine Inch Nails, I'm, I, I don't know, I don't know, Nickelback, I guess, for some people, but there needs to be a time where you just step away from your desk and allow yourself to just feel. But remember the beginning of that, remember the beginning of it is we have to accept and validate our feelings. I had a coworker ask me, Mark, why are you doing this? Like, why? I mean, the work's going to be there. Like, why are you, why are you working so much? Why are you just, just stop? My response was, I just, this just has, the work just has to get done. It just has to get done. I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with putting in the extra work, putting in the extra hours. I'm totally fine with it. I was lying. I wasn't validating my feelings. I wasn't accepting that this was not either normal or asked for. It wasn't required. It may have not been needed. But I did it. So there are, again, I gave steps last episode. I gave steps um, or, or, or list of what makes me happy. The first part of this show. I'm going to tell you some things that I did at work for a couple reasons. The main reason, one, was to protect my peace. Second reason was to set boundaries. And third was to make sure that I had the time to prioritize my own mental health and well-being. One is I set my calendar to have specific times where I could be reached for questions during the day by my team. Because it's not that I don't want to be available for them, but I do want to set boundaries and I do want to force them to be able to use the resources that they have and use each other. I can answer a lot of their questions, but at the end of the day, I want them to be able to be interdependent, to be independent, 
and to find the resources they need to answer their questions. Two, I set specific focus time in the morning for me to either work out, meditate, sometimes just walk around the house just to have some me time after everyone leaves the house for me. And third, and this is a big one for me, and this was really hard, is I once I finish working that day, I'm done. Four nights out of the week, I have to take one of my girls to some practice, whether it's soccer or dance. In the summer, it'll be basketball. In the winter, it'll be basketball. It might be cheerleading in the fall. But four nights out of the five work days, I have to leave by either five or six to get my girls to their practice. And there was a point where I was coming right home, grabbing a quick bite, and starting to work. There was times where I brought my work laptop to practice and worked during their practice. I'm missing vital parts of their life. The first week I came back, that was really tough because I walk right by my office when I come into the house. And it just feels like, oh, you know what? I could just jump on for 30 minutes or, ha- or an hour and get something done. And that 30 minutes turns into two hours. That two hours turns into four. And by the time I look at the clock, it's 1030 at night. Everyone's asleep and I'm working. You know. None of this is easy, I'll be honest with you. And if you're listening to me and you're thinking, you know what, I want to get to that part too, you have to be intentional. And you have to talk to people about it. You have to be open and intentional. And I do want to say this. And this is, this makes me so sad. There was a time... I want to say two months ago where my daughter, my oldest daughter came into my office at around 5.45 or 6. I should have been wrapping up. Actually, that day I should have been done. I think I started at 8. Comes in with her basketball because she loves sports. Loves sports. She's a mini-me. Loves sports. And she says, Daddy... Can you come outside and shoot baskets with me? My youngest daughter had gone to dance with our neighbor. So it was just her and I. And she was outside playing alone. And I told her, no, honey, sorry, daddy has to work. And she said, okay, and and dropped her head and walked back outside. I can't get that moment back. I can't get it back. I wish I could go back to that day and just say yes and just leave my computer and just play basketball with a little girl who wants to do nothing but have fun with her dad. She doesn't scare. She doesn't care if the, if the ball goes in the hoop. She doesn't care if she can dribble correctly. She doesn't care. She just wanted to spend time with the person 
that she wants to grow up to be just like? And I said no. I know I can be hard on myself sometimes, but it is the absolute truth that I was a bad father at that moment. And the messed up part of it is I was a bad employee at that moment. I didn't do anything right. I didn't make the correct decision. I left my daughter outside by herself and I could have just gone and played basketball with her. Parents, if there are parents listening to this, you can't get these moments back. I thought I was being a good soldier. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought, Mark, you're, this is all going to work out. You're, this, is, this is what you need to do. But no, I made an absolutely incorrect decision at that point. And since that time, I have made sure that I have spent extra time with both of my kids. I've made sure my, my wife's love language, I've learned it, is quality time. I've made sure every night that she comes home from work, we take at least 15 to 30 minutes and I let her talk to me about her day. I did not like that person I was becoming. But I tell you what, it did take it did take a very good friend kind of talking to me about this. And um, and this person is a lot like me. We have a lot of things in common. Um, and the funny part is that you probably know this person or at least you have heard this person Um on my show, twice actually, John Heffelbauer. And John does have his own podcast. Um, and wherever you're listening to this podcast, um, you can listen to his. And we talked for a while. And one of the things um, he brought up, and I think it is, it's great. And I, 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 I have to, it just, I'm trying to get it out because it's just, it's just funny to me how things always come full circle. And John's podcast, I just want to put it out there, is Soft, S-O-F-T, an Elder Millennial's Unexpected Journey. Very good podcast. But we were talking about reverting back to old habits because they're comfortable. A lot of people don't know this about me because they see me as like this happy-go-lucky and silly guy, but I have workaholic tendencies. And it's easy for me to work a lot because I'm not going to say I have trust issues. I just trust myself to get something done the right way versus having someone else do it. And that's not always the best trait if you're going to lead teams, especially larger teams. Um... And we talked for a long time 
about both of us reverting back to old habits when times get tough. And it took that conversation with him for me to realize that's exactly what I did. I reverted back to old habits because I got stressed. There was a lot of work to do. So I said, you know what? I don't want anybody else to have this responsibility. I'm just going to do it myself. And that's what I did. And I opened up a lot to John. I opened up a lot to him about my thought process. And I'm going to end with this because it took me saying this out loud to really realize how stressful, how hard, how heavy this sentiment is. But I don't know where I saw this first, but I want everyone who's listening to think about this really quickly. I want you to think about all the people in your life that you try to impress on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. All the people you try to impress, your neighbors, your loved ones, your in-laws, your friends, your bosses, your VPs, your directors, people you don't know, maybe try to impress them with the clothes you're wearing and the car you drive. Think about all the people in your life you try to impress. Now think about all the people in your life that try to impress you. And I bet that second list is a lot shorter than the first one. I was trying to impress people at work, my bosses, people who didn't know me, people on social media. When I go to my girls' soccer practices and coach them, I try to impress their parents with my knowledge of soccer. When I coach my daughter's basketball, I try to impress those parents with my knowledge of basketball, with my coaching style. I'm constantly trying to impress someone. And not someone, a lot of people, constantly. And I can't think of anyone who goes out of their way to impress me. I don't know about you, but I can't live that way and protect my peace. I can't live that way and get my ice cream daily. I had to change that thought process. And maybe you do too. How many people do you impress or do you at least try to impress? Just something to think about. Take it from me. Or Jackson, who just barked. Good timing. Make sure that you find ways to protect your peace. And don't let any type of weather affect you getting your ice cream.
Relatively Normal is written, produced, and edited by me, Mark Paisan. And as always, if you or someone you know is in crisis, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.